Hi, everyone. It's Renee Washington, ESPN and Fox Sports reporter, and you are tuned in to Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm your co-host, Nemo Spruce, a.k.a. NWB, and I am joined, as always, by the talented Mr. Kobe Durant, a.k.a. Kobe. Kobe, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. I'm kind of excited about this one. This interview could go anywhere. We're going to cover a multitude of sports. There we go. Just like a shot off the fairway, this interview could go anywhere because we have a golf, a golf lover like yourself, Kobe. Yep. He's a, he's a man that has uh, talked all things golf from the tee shot to the green. He's the man. He can help you across the apron to the, to the green. It is Mr. Rogers. Mr. Cam Rogers, not Mr. Ted Rogers. Mr. Cam Rogers, host on the Believe Podcast Network. You can find him on Instagram at Mr. Rogers 99. Cam, how you doing? What's going on, guys? Great to be with you. Very excited for this conversation. Yeah, my golf game peaked in 2013. I'm a washed up varsity golfer, but my talking of golf hopefully is a lot better now. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I've seen some of your work especially on the sports grid. I believe you're there regularly yep. making picks in golf. And tell us a little bit about that, how you got into, I guess, talking about the, the sport of golf. Yeah, absolutely. I think the genesis of it all is having a passion for being on air, talking in front of a camera, entertaining crowds, public speaking. That's always been my love since, honestly, guys, first grade. So since then, I channeled all that energy to make it happen in college, graduate with a journalism degree, and go through some pretty cool experiences to really get to where I am today. And obviously, you don't get anywhere where you are today without help along the way, of course. And so very blessed and thankful for that. You know, the connections that I've had and generated throughout the years and helping me kind of grow my brand and what have you. And obviously, golf and betting in particular are two things I'm really passionate about. Tiger Woods as well, uh, to be more specific. So, yeah, it's been quite a ride. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. I've really channeled golf in particular the last couple of years. But, you know, certainly talk about college basketball, NFL, those sorts of things as well in terms of a betting space. So, like I said, been a fun ride, had some great experiences. I love doing the Sports Grid hit every single week. Ben Stevens is awesome. They're all great. I actually met the Sports Grid people at the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. I was there for Radio Row, and they're all just wonderful. And, you know, I'm really thankful for uh, other media outlets such as yourselves to hit me up and uh, talk a little golf, talk a little sports betting. It's always fun. There we go. And we appreciate having you on. Now, sports betting has definitely evolved over the last few years, especially in the United States. It's starting to become legalized and maybe even a little bit more normalized across m yeah. more and more states. We're in Ontario recording today in t Toronto, and by the time April comes around, it, it appears that you're going to see the likes of DraftKings and FanDuel on 
Ontario soil. So betting is definitely evolving across North America. How do you see the betting landscape right now? You know, it's so funny. Maybe five years ago, the whole sports betting phrase was so taboo to like the NFL and the PGA (laughs) Tour. They wouldn't touch it. It wasn't a thing for them. It was fantasy and DFS only because that was legal. But when finally it became federally legal to have sports betting in your state if you want it, then that's when the NFL, the PGA Tour, NBA, etc. started to bring it into the fold. That's when you saw this proliferation of new sports betting personalities, new sports betting outlets, and a lot bigger focus on those sorts of things. And I honestly think that sports betting is going to take over fantasy sports at some point in terms of interest, in terms of enthusiasm. You can tell right now that there's just this arms race, if you will, amongst all of these sports books to make sure they get in that particular state, right? Or Toronto, right? So as these states open up. So I think that, you know, it's only positive right now. I think the gambling Twitter community is really passionate. And I think the key about this whole sports betting thing is that nobody is going to make a living off of this. I don't sell my picks. People I work with don't sell their picks. It's not that sort of thing. It's for entertainment, fun, community, and really, you know, making some money here and there. But obviously, you have your day job, too. So I think that the fun of sports betting is the key that folks need to focus on and not obviously live and die with every single play. But it is fun to have skin in the game. And, you know, you have St. Bonaventure and Richmond tonight, for instance, you probably wouldn't watch that game unless you had money on it. So I think that's the power of sports betting. I'm glad that states more and more are opening up and allowing it to happen. And it's only going to get better. So I'm excited for where we're headed. And there we go. We look forward to seeing that. And we'll watch the space, not only here in Toronto, but also down where you are in the States. Right. Yeah, I love how you mentioned how... It's not that long ago that sports betting was so taboo in some of these major market sports. And now you have paid for subscriptions to things like Red Zone, which right. is really designed to cater to fantasy sports and sports betting fans. And that's why they even have it. <laughs> so, yeah, sports betting, it's to me, is just additional eyes on their product. Right. It, it changes the focus to maybe catching the box score at the end versus actually watching and tuning in. And if you're not taking advantage of the sports betting space, you're going to be losing money as a sport overall. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll go even a step further here. The PGA Tour a couple times has done a bet cast, which is a sports betting simulcast during a PGA Tour event. That's happened a couple of times. And again, just very symbolic of. These TV executives realizing, okay, that's where the interest is. We need to sort of turn our programming a little bit in that direction. Now, it's not going to be a full-fledged betting broadcast every single week, of course, but you have to start intertwining those odds. I mean, I was watching the PGA Tour yesterday. It's the Arnold Palmer Invitational this week, and they'll progressively put in the live odds for the outright market and all that stuff. And it's like, huh, you know, like we talked about three years ago, that wasn't a thing. And now it very much is. 
So, like I said, I think the media industry as a whole is realizing where the energy is, and you're seeing that reflected in the programming on your TV, your iPhones, your Macs, etc. Now, how versed are you when it comes to the next evolution of sort of sports gambling, which is NFTs? I'll be honest with you, I really don't know all that much, and I should probably dive into it. You know, the NFT game, the Bitcoin stuff, I know very little. So I need to actually read up on that. I am seeing a lot of folks uh, in the betting space get into that. And, you know, I actually have an interview with the Talking the Line folks, and they're really fantastic. They're a sports betting company, and they actually have some NFTs going. So I'll probably ask them uh, when I do my interview with them on Monday. Yeah, we've we've gone pretty big aggressively into the NFT space already because I just see it as the next sort of evolution of things. Yeah. Now, specifically, so you went to Maryland. Correct. You're a Terrapin. Proud Terp. Okay, so I've always been kind of a fan of the Terrapins just because the idea of naming a university team the Terrapins just surprises me when it comes right down to it. Was that something that they got teased about when they went to away games elsewhere? You know, it's funny. No, because <laughs> you look at the mascot, it's pretty intimidating. We're talking about, you know, a diamondback turtle, but it's also kind of like a snapping turtle sort of situation. So, you know, we're not talking about the Penn Quakers here, right? So I think there's a little more intimidation than what you give credit for. But at the same time, you know, as far as Maryland is concerned with play on the court or the field, that's where they need to improve. I don't think the focus right now is on the mascot because I don't think we're getting into the tournament, unfortunately, as far as basketball is concerned. And then with football, we're just like pretty laughable outside of Rutgers in the Big Ten Conference. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we got to focus on the product on the field right now. And did you go there on a, a golf scholarship? No, I did not. Uh I was not good enough to play D1 golf, that is for sure, but I did take a golf class and I played on that golf course plenty of times. They have a golf course right on campus. It actually hosted a PGA Tour AAA event, if you will, a web.com tour at the time it was called. So okay. it's actually a really nice course. Nice. Yeah, no, it's, um, that would be pretty cool playing on a PGA Tour course. I know Jacoby's played on most different, all the courses in Ontario. He's he's seen a lot of greens here and there. What what's your what would be your favorite course that you've played played on? Let me think about that one. There are a lot of options out there, and trust me, I have a very long bucket list as far as the golf courses I want to play on: Pebble Beach, Augusta National, which probably will never happen unless I become a member. <laughs> uh, let's see. Granite Links in Boston is one I want to play, but I would say, you know, my favorite golf course, this is a little lame, but it's my hometown course up in New Hampshire called Green Meadow, which is actually closing down, unfortunately, because they're putting an Amazon production plant or something there. Oh, so that was my home course in high school. We played there for our golf matches. I played there all the time in the summers. I last played there, I think probably a couple of years ago, so it's a little unfortunate that it's on its way out, but, you know, it was such an easy course. If you want to talk about an ego inflator, if you will, play that course, because you'll play well on it, and so that's why I enjoyed it so much. It's, like, wide open. You can spray it off the tee and still have a shot to the green, so Green Meadow Golf Course, that would be my favorite in the nostalgic sense. There we go. No, that's, 
it's sad that it's going to go. Um, yeah. Don't know what Mr. Bezos is doing, but fair enough. Yeah, come on, uh, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, if, if Jeff went ahead and bought the Washington Commanders, I'd be cool with that. But uh, <laughs> 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 all right, he's taking on the golf course. Fair enough. Now, you mentioned at the jump that you're pretty keen on Tiger Woods. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I've always had really a big interest in Tiger Woods for a couple of reasons. Let's be real, guys. Golf is sort of a nerdy sport, right? Uh, and you look at the guys out there, some of them are out of shape, blah, blah, blah. Tiger Woods is that guy with swag on the golf course. And there's nobody close. You know, if I had to pick somebody in second, maybe Adam Scott, some, somebody like that. But Tiger Woods just stands out with the way in which he walks on a golf course. You know, it's it's just truly remarkable. And I'm not even talking about, like, his play on the golf course, what he's done for the game. I mean, I could talk about that for an entire hour. Uh, he just recently won the Player Impact Program without even playing on the PGA Tour. Yeah. That just goes to show how he moves the needle. He is the needle in the game of golf. And, you know, I'm obsessed with Nike. I only wear Nike in casual wear. Um, I only use Nike golf clubs. I know Tiger is no longer Nike in terms of the golf club department, but still, I can't let it go. And, you know, I just think he's a great athlete. He's an elite athlete and somebody who is probably going to return to the PGA Tour this year, perhaps at a major championship, maybe the Open Championship down the line in July. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's really just as simple as that. He's a guy who just is truly remarkable, battling back from adversity multiple times in his career and really is a lesson to be learned for many people out there even if you feel like you're at rock bottom, you can get out of it and you can, you know, do something extraordinary like Tiger Woods did in 2019 winning the Masters. So, yeah, I think he just encapsulates all of that. You know, he's very inspiring. Uh, I think he's really awesome. I think he's cool. I think he's, you know, really open with the media now, which I think is a fabulous thing. You know, in the early 2000s, he really didn't say all that much to the media as far as nope. opening up, right, about his life. And now he is doing a lot more content with Golf, Golf Digest, for instance. And so all that put together, uh, I think he uh, he's somebody that uh, I've enjoyed following and I've enjoyed covering. Yeah, and he is a pretty cool character on the course. I, I'm, I'm not as into golf as Kobe is, but even I know what the, the significance of wearing red on Sunday means. Mm. Like, <laughs> when, when it's a major tournament and... Tigers in in the running on a Sunday, you kind of either stop what you're doing or you turn at least one eye to the the TV. So that's someone that he's definitely mm, he's put the sport on the map, if you will. And even if he doesn't, he, okay, he probably doesn't get towards Jack Nicholas's record, but that 2019 win that that'll have to go down as one of the great moments in golf for sure. Yeah, as Michael Jordan said, the greatest comeback in sports history. And if Michael Jordan says that, it must be true. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's someone who came back from from baseball via a lockout. And, right. And, yeah, he knows comebacks all too well. So that is very true. Yeah, I'd say uh, Tiger Woods saved golf, really, when it comes right down to it. it, it golf was not in a good place when he, he kind of came on scene. And he really drew a lot of attention to golf. And to be honest, the majority of the top 10 golfers in the world right now are because of Tiger Woods. Right. Right. They wouldn't even be playing golf 
<laughs> if it wasn't for him setting that example that, hey, golf isn't this stuffy thing that, you know, old guys do and that's it. So he, he moved the needle in a, in a big way. And I agree with you. I expect him to come back at majors. He might play his own tournament <laughs> and in the occasional tournament if he's feeling, right. feeling it. But I think he'll come back for the majors and that's about it. And I wouldn't say that the Nicholas record is entirely safe yet. I really wouldn't. Ooh. Oh, wait, wait. No, 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 Cove, you can't just drop that and run away. So I, are you saying that Tiger could get there or are you, or are you saying that someone else can get there? I'm saying Tiger could get there. All right. Remember All when right. he came when he came back from the back injury last time, and people were like, "How do you think he's going to do?" And I said, "Well, he's going to win another major in the next two years," and he did. Right. So I wasn't wrong about that one. <laughs> right. No, no. <laughs> right. Cam, <laughs> oh, is there is there a future market on that? Is is DraftKings or FanDuel? <laughs> I'm sure they're running a futures market on will Tiger win another major? Surely. Yes, uh, it depends on the sports book that you're looking at. I'm actually looking at Bet Online right now because they sponsor my show. So let's see if they have Tiger Woods on their thing. No, to win a major, no. But he is on a lot of books for like the Masters, which I wouldn't touch because he's definitely not playing next month. I would look at the Open Championship or something like that, which is probably more realistic. But going back to the big take that I just heard there about Tiger Woods perhaps catching Jack. Let me say this. This is the biggest episode of adversity that he's ever had. I'm talking about this car crash last year. Yes. Uh, it's clear that he has sustained some pretty serious injuries to his leg, and he can't walk a full golf course right now. He talked about that at the Genesis Invitational with Jim Nance. In fact, he talked a lot about where he's headed and he just doesn't know and that's the big thing right now is he just doesn't know where the progress is going to happen and when and so you know everything is sort of just up in the air now he's swinging a golf club and all that and he played with his son uh, pretty recently at the charity event the father-son event pnc championship so there are some good signs there about him swinging a golf club but as far as even contending in a regular PGA Tour event, it's hard to say, but there's always that asterisk, but we've seen it before, as you talked about, the Masters in 2019, right? So you just never know. This guy could be contending at majors at the age of 52. He's still in fantastic shape. He still crushes the golf ball. His distance is not a problem. His iron game is still good. It's just whether, you know, he can keep up with the younger guys out there and... Uh, chip and putt and you know make some long putts and make some birdies in these big time moments which he's done many many times in his career and then just going back quickly guys to talking about how golf was in a tough place pre-tiger couldn't agree more and you look at the top 10 in the official world golf rankings these guys are athletes patrick cantlay colin morikawa victor hovland john rory mcelroy mcelroy uh yeah john rum these guys are gym rats and that's because of tiger woods he brought the golf athlete to the fray. I mean, just remember him when he was younger. Obviously, he was a bit of a skinny guy, but he beefed up eventually and, you know, still crushed the ball when he first came on tour, too. So it's not even about strength necessarily, but he brought that athletic feel to the game. And that's why we have the likes of Rom and Morikawa and Kepka even is a gym rat himself, Tony yep. P now. So, yeah, uh, he's done a lot, a lot for the game. Single line sports betting is now available in Canada with Sports Interaction. Canada's most trusted sports book is home to thousands of betting options on hundreds of sporting events from all over the world. 
From futures and money line betting to real-time live betting during games, Sports Interaction offers its customers the most competitive odds in Canada, as well as one of the safest, most secure sports betting sites in the country. You want to get your wager on? It's time to bet some sports with Sports Interaction. Now back to the show. To me, it's never say never when it comes to to Tiger, really. And I'm glad you mentioned the Open because the two majors that somebody can win advance in years, especially, are the Masters and the Open. It's just the way those particular events play. The fact that the Masters, like that course doesn't favor anyone in particular, which is fantastic. And then when it comes to the Open, it's having that understanding of how to play Lynx golf properly to the greatest of its ability. And again, doesn't necessarily favor the the longest hitter in the world. So those particular majors are, to me, just not out of reach, provided he does come back to even 80% of his ability. Tom Watson almost hoisted a claret jug at the age of 59 back in 2008. Remember that? Against, yes. Uh, 2009 against Stuart Sink. Yeah. So, I mean, like, Tiger Woods can be that guy as well uh, at age 59. And the thing about the Open Championship, too, like you were saying, I couldn't agree more with your points. Irons off the tee. That's all you need sometimes to have yep. short shots into these greens. You know, as far as the Masters is concerned, you know, age is not really a number there because you have guys like Fred Couples and Bernhard Langer who have contended at the Masters. Look, Phil Mickelson just won the PGA Championship at age 50 out of nowhere. So, yeah, I think you always have to keep in mind that Tiger Woods can come back can contend in a major and win one. I will say, though, it'll be a lot more difficult for him to contend at U.S. Opens in particular and PGA Championships. Yeah, just because of the length of these golf courses, the rough is very penal. And Tiger Woods, he still sprays the ball a lot off the tee. So, yeah, I think Open Championships and the Masters are going to be a big-time tournaments for him when he comes back. For sure. Yeah, now, Cam, this... The Masters is a salient point because it's on the doorstep, it's on the horizon, and for mugs like me, <laughs> I know that there's a green jacket, you play 18 holes, but I don't have much idea of who's going to win. So that's where you and Kobe come in. So tell me, mate, who is, who are some names to look out for for the 2022 edition of the Masters? Man, it's a deep field, too. So many yeah. top players are playing well right now. Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Morikawa. Rahm is probably the hottest player on the PGA Tour right now. Xander Schauffele. Who knows about Bryson? I mean, he might come back for the Masters, and he could certainly be a threat. <clears throat> what I look at for Augusta National and the Masters every year, A, experience. B, course history. Have you performed well in that experience? How is your driving distance? In fact, the most correlated stat to success at the Masters is driving distance because you have to take advantage of those par fives and your iron game. All of that put together, can you be a contender at the Masters? And can you be good at those four things? Somebody like Xander Shoffley sticks out to me. 22 to 1 right now to hoist the green jacket. He's going to win a major at some point. Obviously, contended at the Olympics, won the gold not too long ago. He's a guy who is made for the big moments, premier driver of the golf ball, does fantastically on par fives. He's a really good number right now if you look at the futures board. So he's somebody to watch out for. 
Looking at Victor Hovland as well, you want to talk about ball striking and driving distance. He is somebody who is just a pure winner on the PGA Tour, playing well again this week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Will Zalatoris tattoos the ball off the tee. Really good iron game as well. In his debut at the Masters, finished inside the top five. He's 35-1 to as we stand to hoist the green jacket. So those three names, keep an eye on them for Augusta. I think Matsuyama's going to end up putting the dream jacket on, on John Rahm this year. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I think is going to happen. I think I think Rahm's just been there enough times now and has a perfect feel for it. And I just right. think his putting's improved over the last 12 months. And that's kind of like been the difference for him. So I, I, I expect him to hoist it. Yeah, he's nine to one right now. I'm sorry, that's just unbetable for me. I it's, can't. I know it's too low. It's, it's <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I mean, I say like I think I'm pretty. I honestly, I feel really strongly that he's going to win it. But at the yeah. same time, would I would I make that bet? Probably not because the return is just too small. Right. 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 Yeah, but I mean, I totally agree with you that you know he's got all the tools to win the Masters and would not be stunned to see him in Butler Cabin on that Sunday evening. Yeah. And then also, I mean, weather plays a part too, right? So mm-hmm. you'll know closer to the date, you know, what the weather's going to look like and that can play a part too. But I mean, I'll, I'll play him in fantasy. Right. right. <laughs> right. I'll play him in that, but I probably won't bet him outright. It's just so hard to pinpoint, you know, who's actually going to struggle. There are a couple names that I'm not really feeling great about. Dustin Johnson, not really sure what's going on with him. Brooks Kepka has been sluggish so far in 2022. Bryson DeChambeau has been dealing uh, with a bone bruise. We don't know about his status. So those three guys I'm concerned about if you're looking at the top of the board here. But the other thing, too, is golf is random and volatile any given week. These guys are talented players. They can show oh, yeah. up and win. So, oh, yeah. yeah, for for sure, right? There there are guys like, I mean, a couple of the Aussies, Cameron Smith, right. Leishman, they can pop, especially if the weather's bad. Right. All right. D, I agree with you when it comes to DJ. I think it's the whole, you know, the wedding's finally happening after over a decade of being engaged. Mm-hmm. So that, that's probably- Took him long enough. Got his, yeah, that's probably got his focus right now. Uh, something I want to ask you about, I don't know if you followed it as much, but I'm very big into it is the LPGA. Okay. Do you bet the LPGA or no? I do not. You don't? So I'm willing okay. to get some tips from you. <laughs> okay, because I've been betting the LPGA for a while now. It's uh, okay. it's the, on our channel, I give I give tips toward LPGA betting, and I also have my own channel called Code Life, where it's probably 75% LPGA. Wow. And that's because the LPGA doesn't get enough of a fair shake, really, right. when, it, when it comes right down to it. But I also find it a as far as the betting aspect goes, a much easier tour to bet. Yeah, I could see that because the sports books aren't really paying attention. They're not digging deep into the players and, you know, who's playing well, who's not. So I would assume you find some pretty good value when you dig deep. You find some ridiculous value because yeah. uh, the majority of the sports books, I think they base it almost entirely on the Rolex rankings Got for it. the women. And in some cases, that doesn't tell the whole story, not even close. So you do find situations where a player will have great recency bias, but the sports books won't key into that. So there are opportunities big time on the LPGA as far as the betting side of things goes. Now, how have you been doing with your outright market in terms of betting on the LPGA? I'm curious. Very good. Good. Nice. And, and, and you mentioned NFL, which is huge with me and I. Yeah. 
right? We're huge in NFL. It's one of the reasons we actually started our channel because both of us are big NFL guys, especially when it comes to fantasy and such. And I mean, he did mention it. He's he had to leave, so it's just you and I for the rest oh, of okay. this, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, he's done some work with Pro Football Focus and such as well. Oh, great! Right? So we do a lot of NFL, and of course, I mean, right now I'd say NFL is the biggest when it comes to sports betting, mm-hmm. right? And especially fantasy. It kind of totally. wrote the book on fantasy. Do you do a lot of fantasy? I do. So I actually am a commissioner of my own league that is going 12 years strong now with a bunch of buddies from high school. Okay. So, you know, I ratchet up the intensity, if you will. I have a group chat. I send updates. I do post-draft power rankings and grades and all this good (laughs) stuff. So, you know, it keeps people engaged. And, you know, I still love fantasy. There's no doubt about it. So obviously for the NFL, I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. Um, but obviously, betting the NFL is fun as well. Now, is your league for bragging rights? No. So we did a two hundred dollar buy in last year. Okay. So a twenty four hundred dollar pot, if you will. And uh, so I was in the Super Bowl. I lost. So I think I got like six hundred bucks, and the winner got sixteen hundred. Okay. And uh, third place got 200, so they got their money back. All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm like you. I've, I've been a commissioner of a league forever. It's just too damn long. <laughs> and But ours is strictly bragging rights. Strictly bragging oh, okay. rights. And uh, the only real negative in our league is if you've been, if you perform poorly for too long, you get booted and we bring in a new 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 person. Wow. That's right? rough. Yeah. Right. That's, that's basically how we do it. So that's the real impetus to. To do well as often as you can. Right. And something I did in my league, I'm wondering if you guys, how you guys do it in yours, but is yours a keeper or no? It's not. It's actually just a standard redraft. I'm kind of a traditional person in that sense. It took me a while to actually come over to PPR. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, quite a while for uh, our changes in the league or really any changes at all. So, no, we don't do keeper, but I sort of like the concept. IDP or no? No IDP. Okay. Okay. So very traditional, basically PPR league. Yeah. It's your classic PPR league, 12 teams now. Yep. Okay. So what were the, what were the picks that you made last year that took you the distance? Oh, I might have to go back into my ESPN login situation here. I had Chris Carson for a while and he helped me a lot. Uh, Obviously he got hurt. I had a good stable of running backs. Joe Mixon was quite a surprise for me. Boom. So uh, he was pretty good. And DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson, I got in a trade. So those two were solid anchors at the wide receiver position. And then Austin Eckler, I forgot about him. Duh. He is uh, pretty elite in his own right. So I would say he was the biggest impact as far as um, making it the, dis- the distance was the Austin Eckler and the Joe Mixon. Uh, yeah, that combination pairing. would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, and and where did you pick in the draft order? I was, I think I was like fifth or fourth, something like that. And I got Eckler, which is amazing. That's, yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome, actually. So to have those two is money. That's so money I, from where you picked from. So my mindset is always get your running backs early and just keep them in your lineup the rest of the season and don't worry about them. And I had that luxury with Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler. 
And then you sort of just piece around from there because the wide receiver position, I say this every year, is so deep. I wait forever for a quarterback. I don't care who I get at quarterback. It's too deep, (laughs) you know? And tight end is usually just whoever I get as well. I build around my running backs and worked pretty well last year. So Nice, nice. Okay, well, okay, getting back a bit to the golf side of things. Who do you see as the biggest mover on the PGA Tour this season? Biggest mover? Yeah. Hmm. I honestly think it's going to be either Scotty Scheffler or Will Zalatoris. Scheffler already won, and I was actually on that one, by the way, with his outright at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Yeah. Will Zalatoris playing really well already here in 2022. I think those two are going to win major championships because they have the game to do it. Both of them have performed on the big stage. Will Zalatoris has multiple top tens in major championships. Scotty Scheffler does as well, has played well at WGCs and just in general, difficult scoring conditions. That tells me that you are in for the long haul. And I think they're only going to get better. Scheffler is sixth in the world now he was 12th and he made a nice little jump there inside the top 10 so those are two guys i'm really looking at they will have some pretty fantastic seasons in the years to come any predictions for our canadian Corey connors this year yeah so you know Corey connors is mr i hit every fairway my ball striking is fantastic short game is decent and the putter just lets him down For some reason, he is struggling mightily with the ball striking here in 2022. I'm a little bit concerned about him because he was like automatic for me for like a top 20 every year or every week last year. And something's off with his game. Now, it's still early. Obviously, it's March 4th here in 2022. And I'm sure he'll find his ball striking form again. And that's when I think, you know, he can certainly contend at PGA Tour events, win PGA Tour events. He's just too good with his irons, and that talent is there. So I think he'll turn it around. But right now, you know, as far as betting or fantasy or anything like that, I'm staying away from him. But I want him to uh, obviously improve his game a little bit because it's not too great right now. Yeah, he's a bit of a wild card at this point. Like, if you're placing a bet on him, you're throwing a dart when it, yeah. when it comes right down to it, which is yeah. unfortunate. And the last thing I want to ask you before we before we let you go, though, is how do you think the the Super League situation is going to affect Phil Mickelson going forward? Yeah, he's in some hot water, huh? I mean, yeah. you want to talk about a PR nightmare. It's like, good Lord. Look, this Super League is dead. It's dead in the water because everybody has come out and said, we're not doing this. The only one who I thought was maybe thinking about it and maybe would do it was Bryson DeChambeau, and he already came out and said that ain't happening. So who's left? Honestly, who's left to do this? I really don't understand, like, who is going to be that one guy to really move the needle. And, you know, so in that regard, I don't know what Phil Mickelson is going to do. He's clearly doing some soul-searching right now. I really don't think he honestly feels all that bad about this whole PR thing. You know, I think we're seeing some true colors about Phil Mickelson, how he may not be such a great guy, let's be real, but I know I don't know the guy, so who am I to say? But you're hearing some rumblings from PGA Tour players saying, listen, this is Phil in his true colors, and everybody is learning it right now. So, look, the Super League is dead, in my opinion. We'll see what happens going forward. We'll see when Phil Mickelson returns to the PGA Tour. But he's going to have to answer a lot of questions. It'll be really interesting to see what he will say in his first press conference when he does return to the PGA Tour. 
Of course, no, 100%, man. There's going to be a lot of eyes on him just because of that. So he's got to pick his words carefully. Right. 10-second time delay. Think for 10 seconds before you say something. (laughs) Exactly. Now, what's your handicap? I am like 17, 16, very much bogey golf. Okay. But, yeah, so, I mean, I'm not – I'm a legit scorer, by the way. Like, when people tell me they are a 15 handicap, they're really not. Like, I count penalty strokes. I don't, like – I count all the way through. I'm I'm honest with my scores here. So, if I'm being honest with you, I'm, you know, flirting around bogey golf. Yeah. Okay. No, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I'm a 17 handicap right now. So – and I'm like you. I want to know exactly what I'm at. I'm not going to fudge the numbers. Exactly. Because that doesn't do anybody good, right? Exactly. So, if you're ever in Toronto, man – Reach out. Yeah, we'll definitely. play. We'll play around. We'll play around Absolutely. for sure. Right on. Right on. Well, it was great talking to you, buddy. Yeah, thank you so much for reaching out and uh, stay in touch. Yeah, hundred percent, buddy. We'll we'll have to talk on a couple events coming up. We'll share some notes. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. All right. Take it easy. Take care. Bye. If you have any questions for the Pro Sports Podcasters, be sure to reach us on our Twitter account, where you can also slide into our DMs and catch the latest snippets, dirt and other exclusive things that we will tweet. Check us out at P Podcasters on Twitter.